The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM. Destination unknown. Jet Set Breakfast. Info Michelle and Zaman Tungwa. Uh, Kumalo is with me in the studio. Property entrepreneur, author, buy your first home. And we just, you know, delving into the nitty gritties uh, that come with property, especially for a first time buyer. It can be such a daunting task where you get this and that, or you've gone, you've brought your, you've, you've bought your, your first property. You did not investigate foundation standing um, is the foundation solid, the cracks maybe that are hidden or somebody's just used a bit of polyphila <laughs> only <laughs> six months in and you start seeing this crack that looks like your house is just going to half and puff and blow away you you clearly have some more stories better <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's it's quite it's quite a frightening you know situation but exciting yeah we've just played a song let's come back to the song zoe modicha love zoe modicha oh my word her latest album Inganegwane, is a gift Oh my god. I mean I've I've seen her perform live a couple of times. I was saying to you of she's one of those artists I would go watch her like different shows. If she tours, I'll try and get different shows uh to watch her. This one, Umdali. Um also very similar theme to uh you know Nziga's song. And obviously Umdali being the creator. And I think this song is just one of those songs that also just sets plus it's a Sunday, you know, it just sets a very tranquil, uh, very spiritual tone to the day, to uh certainly your week. Sometimes I'll play it like first thing on a Monday and I'll be like, okay, this is this is the tone that we're setting. And then, you know, start then with the music that pumps up. But she is phenomenal. I think this album, I'm waiting for her to do the live version of this album and and like just release it because I've seen her perform live a couple of times and I think the live version album would be so incredible for all of us who enjoy her music. And um, we're coming to the end of the conversation and I, I really want to extract a lot of wisdom out of you before I let you go out of the studio. Advice to someone, you know, Sundays, that's when you go and you do house viewing or property viewing, whatever it is that you're interested in, whether you want to purchase for investment purposes or you are purchasing because lately also people just invest just to have just for the sake of having. Well, if you're one of those people, please just put me in your bag. <laughs> I'd love to be that person. What advice? I think the big give? thing, research, 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 research the area that you want to live in. Um, once you're ready for viewing, uh, try to view more than once. You, you know, you'd be surprised so many of us, and I've made this mistake, you view a property only once, and then you're like, okay, this is the property I'm going to buy. And there's so many things you don't see the first time you view a property versus, you know, the second, third time. Um, the estate agent is not going to say, no, don't come the second time. Try to view at different times, um, you know, of, of the day. So as much as Sundays becomes the day that we typically, you know, would view, try and see if you can go on a weekday or on a Friday and drive around in that area as much as possible, especially if you're going to live there, right? Because you also want to get a sense of the neighborhood and how things are in that neighborhood, where there's a neighborhood that you'd live in. Perhaps you don't like as much noise on Sunday morning, everywhere you go, it's really quiet but perhaps the the status quo in that area is just loud noise all the time so go at different times and I think the big thing is 
don't be afraid to ask questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question when it comes to property. You're about to invest a significant amount of money into buying this thing, right? You're getting into a 20-year, sometimes 30-year-long relationship. You want to make sure that whatever question you have, don't feel like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, you know, maybe this is a bit stupid or I should know this. You, it's not. I mean, a lot of us are going to spend more money than we make a year buying that one property. And so you want to make sure that all the questions that you have, any doubts that you have, you reach out um, you know, to experts, speak to your estate agent, ask as many questions. And you know, in the book, I even list some of the questions you can ask your estate agent when you're viewing. Um, you know, Some of the questions you can ask a tenant, if you find a tenant that's living there, to just get a sense of the place because it becomes so important for you to, to get all the answers and to make sure that you make the best informed decision. And I think that's the big thing about this book is it's equipping you to make the most informed decision mm. and that at the end you avoid any mistakes um, that a lot of us made uh, and save you money. Because, I mean, you want to start, you know, want to move into your place and enjoy it. And, of course, you'll buy amazing furniture. So you're going to need every rand that you, you can spare. Having a conversation with my guest, give us a call. Maybe you want to share, maybe you want to add, maybe you have an opinion. Um, talking about property, maybe you are a, a novice and you've just gotten into it and it's driving you insane. It happens. But the more you learn, the more exciting it becomes. Give us a call on 86 or send us a voice note on 0614104107. Let's talk about you know, people that are buying for Airbnb, is that advisable? So, I mean, Airbnb is interesting. Right now, when we look at other parts of the world, um, I almost want to say it, it's coming to an end. I mean, I saw in New York, they've regulated it so much that it's it's almost becoming obsolete. Uh, I think Chicago is going through the same. Some of the major cities are around the world. We haven't quite gotten there in South Africa. Um I think I know people who've been able to do really well on Airbnb. Um, one of the realities about Airbnb is there are certain areas that land themselves better to the Airbnb model than others. And often you may find, I mean, I, I for instance, don't use Airbnbs. I prefer going to a hotel. Um, and that's mostly because the Airbnb costs you found, you get charged, obviously, the service fee, the cleaning fee. And, and 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 sometimes the instructions to get into a place um, end up end up just being a lot of admin. And when I'm on holiday, I want to put my head down, enjoy the place, not have to worry about certain things. There's been safety concerns with certain Airbnbs where owners, for instance, put cameras all over the Airbnb. Um, and they do that, right? And so you're in there and there's somebody sort of almost watching you like Big Brother. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of horror stories and obviously there's also the positives. So I think if you're a, a, a property person looking to go into Airbnb, you really need to understand the market and where exactly you're going to be going in because there really are other areas where it, it's not going to do as well as other areas and perhaps also just look at what are the other platforms then that you can use um, to to list your property because the the upside obviously to Airbnb is 
if it's fully let, you'll end up making more than what you typically make if it um, uh, if you're listing it on a monthly basis or like a normal lease. Uh, whereas with the longer leases, you have surety that this is, you know this person is going to be here for six months or let's say a year or three months. So you you almost have a sense of guarantee that you're going to get X amount of money. Um, so they really different ways to look at it. I know I'm not giving you a straight answer, but it really is one of those things that a property person needs to interrogate and understand what they're going into. I think one of the big things with property is don't just do it because somebody said, you know, you're going to make a lot of money here. Interrogate it, understand it, and see the path for yourself. And the, the data needs to say, this is what's going to happen. Be prudent in your estimations. I think a lot of us, when you start, you you think it will be late 30 days you know, of the month. Mm. You need to be way more prudent when you're running your calculations and then establish whether you'll still be able to afford you know, the property when it's not late for, let's say, 60% of the time in the month. So there are really a number of factors to explore before you, you decide to uh, go in that direction. And then buying in areas where they are informal settlements that are sprouting. Okay. I used to be, I used to be nervous. I'm still a little bit nervous, but I'm not as nervous anymore. Mm. You know, it's so interesting. I mean, the, and I'll make it the township property market. I know you're talking more like the outskirts where yes. uh, perhaps you're on the edge of an area and then there's an informal settlement that's sort of sprouting, coming up. That's coming yes. up, yeah. yeah. I think there are different ways to look at it. I mean, on the one hand, let me focus on, on, on the township sort of property market. So the other area. You tend to find there's a lot of um, there's a lot of opportunity within the township property market. A lot of and and we're seeing a lot of property entrepreneurs tapping into it. Uh, you know, building modern units in townships, uh, almost mini uh, complexes. You know, mini apartments um, that are more luxurious than what we grew up in when we were when we were um, growing up. And then I think when you're then sort of in the more suburban area and you are seeing some of the informal settlements sprouting up. Again, that goes to doing your research um, because sometimes you, you're able to detect whether that's going to happen or not, depending on, let's say, for instance, because there's an area I'm thinking of, actually, uh, where you're on the edge and just on the other side, there's just vacant land. So finding out who owns the land. Um, because you tend to find if it's privately owned, how long have they, you know, have they owned it? Are you willing to take is the street, for instance, on the main road? Because you'll find if it's on a main road, it's more susceptible to having people sort of coming and stay there because it also becomes very central to them. So there are little ways to spot whether that's going to happen or not. Um, but I think if you find yourself there, it, it's it's probably more different to navigate, especially when you've just bought, uh, you know, on the other side of the road. Um, and if it really does get to a point where you, you know, really struggle, perhaps then exploring moving to a different place might be your only option and we do have we've got this issue yeah where you have uh, vagrants that just decide and, and especially you know the guys that do the the picking up of plastic and what water and paper they now have started this new thing where if they find an open space whether you're in Bryanston which is high end or you're in Hyde Park if they just find a neglected spot, they just come and reside there. From a, a, a property perspective, um, how do you navigate around that? I mean, I think if you're an owner, because I'll, I'll look at it from the perspective of the owner, so the owner who'd own that piece of land, um, 
a lot of people would probably say, you know, get people to chase them out or do all sorts of things. The reality is there there are laws that govern moving people, even if they've sort of um, illegally occupied your place. I mean, you, we often even see it, for instance, with tenants who, um, you know, don't end up not paying rent and squatting in, in your place. You can't just go in and like change locks or, you know, cut water or electrical supply. Um, there are legal mechanisms to deal with them and I know that they, they're going to cost a lot of money and a lot of people may want to go their own direction but the reality is you also almost open yourself up to you know legal action if you don't um, go the right route and and I think the big thing with being then a property owner or property entrepreneur because often that's people who own multiple properties mm. those are some of the risks that you're, you take. you take when you go down that road and so you need to be working with the legal team that helps you navigate that so if a tenant is defaulting already if your tenant pays you know or hasn't paid rent by the first send the letter of demand on the first day so that they understand that you're a serious landlord um, and they need to be able to communicate you know up front so there are different things as a landlord that you should be very proactive about um, and the big thing there's also just with vetting your tenants right uh, I think a lot of landlords aren't well equipped to be landlords and don't understand the legal perimeters and the legal responsibility and this is actually something I do touch on the, on the book as much as it's one for you know first-time home buyers yeah. because I'm an investor buyer I actually talk there's a chapter that is for tenants, where you look at the rights and responsibilities that a tenant has as well as a landlord and understanding what a landlord can or cannot do and what you as a tenant can and cannot do, What who is responsible for what? Because sometimes you're a tenant, you live in a place and perhaps something breaks and you think you're the one who's responsible for it. There are things you are responsible for if they break in the unit and there are things your landlord is. So those are things that both parties need to understand um, when they, they're obviously, when the one party is living in the property and the other is the owner. We're going to take a small break. And when we come back, we wrap up. When we come back, we totally wrap up. <laughs> the Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM. Destination unknown. Did I just hear properly? Young, gifted and black, it's where it's at. Ah, so we do take some phrases and we own them and we want to patent. Yet we found them in a stanza. Just saying. But anyway, continuing with our conversation and uh, my guest, Shem, who has really given us time and uh, decided to, you know, unpack some of, you know, the nitty gritties that we do encounter when you own property, when you want to purchase property and sometimes um, unexpected surprises that come with owning of, you know, in, with owning a property. Zaman Tungwa Kumalo, um, property entrepreneur, author, buy your first home. I have to say this book is absolutely amazing. If you are young and you intend to buy a property, my son actually wants to buy a property. This is a book I should get for him yes, and he must absolutely. sit and read it. It is a, you know, you, you peruse and you find all the elements or all the information that you need so that you don't get any funny surprises. If, you, if you're surprised, you knew the surprise was coming, but you just decided to be surprised. So we were asking a question earlier on with my technical producer, Selma, that in, in the case where you, you, you are in a, in, in a complex, you are pl- you're paying your, 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 your um, what do you call it? The levies. The levies. You're, playing, you're paying your levies. But there are these other... Uh, 
refuse. It's a separate bill that comes from city power. What then if you don't pay that bill, that city power bill? So different sort of complexes do the levy statement slightly differently, right? Um, and in others, you'll find that you'll have your levy statement. And levy statements often have itemized billing. So you understand what you're paying for. Um, you have CSOS, which is the ombud. Um, it's usually a very small amount. You've got the actual levy amount. Um, for instance, in one of the ones I live in, it is um, the effluent, which is basically water. Um, and that's actually... M- the, the amount is set by COJ. So the properties here in, in, in Joburg, it's set by COJ. And then there's a separate, um, the rates and taxes bill that comes from the municipality. So that comes directly from COJ. Um, and again, this was one of those things I didn't know existed. So I knew about levies, but I didn't know I actually had a different municipal uh, bill and account because, again, when I looked at my itemized billing, my itemized billing even has electricity, for instance. Yeah. But COJ also does charge you because you own a property, they charge you. So COJ works in different ways depending on the kind of property that you'd have. Um, and this is just looking at the, the itemized amount. Usually the amount that COJ pays you is based on, or the municipality, it's based on the valuation of your property and the size. That's why whenever there's that evaluation um, role when they are updating it, they always they come onto the radio. They've even been on you know the SAPC radio stations to say check your valuation. If there's something wrong, go have it fixed. Because if they value a property significantly higher than what it is, it means you're going to pay more rates. Um, so you must pay your municipal bill. If you don't pay, they will send you arrears later, um, and obviously will you know end up taking you to court to try and recoup the amount. When you don't pay your levies. They also take you to court. And I mean, it's, it's actually gotten to such a big extent, especially with the levy amount, that I've seen certain uh, body corporates um, even attach the property itself. Yes. Yeah. Because the bill has gone to, you know, hundreds and thousands of friends. We were saying earlier in the conversation that you'll sometimes find levies that are 5,000. So in a year, you're easily parting with 60K for levies, right? Now imagine you're in arrears for a few years. Then you're now hundreds and thousands of friends um, in areas and you literally they will go to court they will get an injunction and they end up attaching the property so you want to make sure you're on top of your payments um, and in the event where life happens speak to the various people that you would effectively owe money to so in this event notify the body corporate see if you can get into an arrangement you know with them proactively don't wait until they're sending you letters of demand coj also or whichever municipality you're dealing with be proactive in communicating with them um should life happen and your bank also be proactive in communicating listen this has happened um as opposed to waiting for all the emails and sms's and calls to to overwhelm you yeah My dear, I think we have to end it here. You have been such a spot. I could just have you any time of the day where we can talk about property the whole day. We'll have, you know, baskets of biscuits and drinks (laughs) and just talk property the whole time. Um, It's been a pleasure chatting to you. And lastly, but not least, we played Nina Simone to be young, gifted and black. I mean, that, 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 that song came out, I can't remember now the year, but when it came out, it was sort of during uh, um, one of the movements, you know, in the US. And it was such a monumental song, right, when it came out. And, and I remember there's actually one of her live concerts where she's playing it in the audience. I mean, it's a live, it, it was one of the live resistance concerts 
huge audience and I think it's just one of those things that reminds certainly myself and a lot of us in our generation that we're young, we're gifted, we're black. We must not take it for granted. You know, the thing about having a gift is that you must use it um, and use it for good, use it. And I think for me, the gift right now is obviously the book. I've given this this uh, work to the world. It's now out there. I mean, I was saying to friends uh, when I was even launching the book on Wednesday that there was a time in the writing process where I thought, oh my God, like I shouldn't do this. I already know this stuff. Why do I need to share it? But I know that this is the work that so many people need, so many young uh, black South Africans, so many uh, you know people who are working, who want to navigate the home ownership journey. And I do hope people are going to go out and buy it. It's now available at all major bookstores across the country. And it really is the book you want to have if you're looking to buy your first home. Great stuff. That's Zama Kumalo, property entrepreneur, author, Buy Your First Home. The book is mind-blowing.